Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promoting for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Let's kick it off with saying congratulations to the winner from our competition in collaboration with Adidas Football, where we gave away a brand new pair of the Predator Edge football shoes. Carmen, we really hope that you can fulfill all of your dreams out on the pitch wearing your new Predator Edge. This week's third pitch player is Fridolina Rolfe. She is a forward who plays in the Swedish national team and in FC Barcelona. When this introduction is being recorded, Rolfe has just picked up her third European League title. In 2016, she won the Damalsvenskan with Linköping FC. And in 2020, she won the Frauenbundesliga with VfL Wolfsburg. And now, she has just won the Primera Iberdrola with FC Barcelona that she joined only last summer. On her resume with the Swedish national team, Rolfa has 62 games and she has scored 21 goals. In 2021, she won the award as Sweden's Player of the Year, Diamantbollen. You are listening to Dare Pitch and this is the Fridolina Rolfa episode. Maybe not everyone knows how to pronounce your name. It's a, it's a weird O with two dots on top of it. So we, we ask people that come on this podcast to pronounce their name in their language and their dialect. Could you do that for us? Okay. I pronounce it how I would say it in Swedish. So it's Fridolina Rolfa. Not that hard for us that are from Sweden. Maybe for <laughs> other countries. <laughs> Perhaps. Fridolina Rolfe, welcome to this podcast. How are you doing today? Thank you. I'm fine, thank you. Been having practice here in the morning and now I'm back home. Great to hear that. Do you have any do you have any Spanish lessons today? Yes, I also had a Spanish lesson after the practice, so that's right. <laughs> we're super excited to have you on and we're going to be talking about International Women's Day, Women's History Month, the fact that Barcelona can win the title already this weekend and a sold-out Camp Nou. You have a lot of exciting things coming up. Yeah, I do. I'm looking forward to everything. Yes, um, we we kick off with a quote from somebody that you know, and we're not going to tell you who it is, but there might be some hints in there that leads you to who it could be. And it goes, For me, Fridolina is one of the best attacking players in this world. Not even does she have an amazing physique, her intelligence and decision-making on the pitch is also on an extremely high level. And then I haven't even mentioned that rocket of a left foot she has. She can shoot like a horse, but also deliver delicate crosses or passes. To make it even harder for the defenders to read, she has also now started to square with her right foot. When she dribbles the ball with her speed, it's hard to take the ball from her. 
and then I'm one of the best at defending. I know the op- opponents are getting as scared facing her as she is getting when you suddenly pop out the closet unexpectedly. On top of that, she is an amazing friend and person that I'm so happy to have as a close friend. Who do you think that is? <laughs> yeah, that wasn't that wasn't hard. When you said with the closet thing, I was pretty sure that it was Hannah Glass. <laughs> is that something that she does often? <laughs> um, not really. She did it once and um, she will never do it again after that. <laughs> <laughs> Were you scared? Oh, yes. I'm someone who's getting scared easily. So that was a great moment to do it. That sounds like a fun way to scare your best friend. You have quite a good relationship, right? We do. We do. We know each other for many years now because we started to play together when we were 15 in the in the younger national teams. So she's a really close friend of mine and I'm also really happy to have her in my life. Are you, as a, if we just move on, but as a football player, would you say that you're competitive? Because I did notice something during a training not too long ago that I want to bring up because I think it's a fun thing. But would you say you're a competitive person? Yeah, I am for sure. Uh, I always want to win games and even though it's like games or if it's in practice, I always want to win. So, but I think it's something that I have developed, you know, more and more. Um, so yeah, I'm really competitive. Even in practice? Even in practice. Yes. Because there was, a, I remember, I thought it was, I, I could see myself doing that. So there was a ball that went out. You guys, it was a practice session in Portugal and the ball went out of bounds into a like a throw in. And I think you were on the left side as well, going against the Hama was the person and the ball went out of bounds and there was no talk about it. And you just went, it's our ball. (laughs) And then you just (laughs) took it and you just threw it. in. And I was like, I can see myself doing that. And it just like, okay, that's how competitive she is as a person. Yeah, it could actually be in the situation that it was not even my ball. So sometimes I just want to show the referee that it's my ball. I don't know if that's a good or bad thing, but, you know, (laughs) I want to make it clear. And I grab the ball and then hopefully it's mine. But we want to talk about the year that you've had. We have uh, an Olympic year with uh, a lot of goals scored and an injury-free year for you and a diamant Poland. How would you describe this year that's been? Oh, wow. It's been a long year. A lot has happened, as you said. Um, I think the the start of the year, we, I um, I was in Wolfsburg and we won the cup and uh, I decided to leave Wolfsburg uh, and sign for Barcelona before the summer. And it was a dream of mine. So I was really happy to, to make that, uh, that step to Barcelona. And after that, it was... Olympics, uh, which was really fun. Uh, we had a great tournament. Um, unluckily, the end wasn't that good, but we were still we improved, and I think we did a did a great tournament overall. And after that, I moved to Barcelona, and um, yeah, learned a lot of new things, which was really cool. And um, yeah, the end of the year, it was I won the Amant Bolen, and which was. Um, something really, really big for me. So uh, it was a great year and I was really happy to uh, to play uh, the last year. And you played in, um, well, the Olympics and you played quite a lot. Would you say that the, the ending has an effect on you still, considering? Oh, yes, for sure. Um, I didn't want it that to be the end of that tournament because we were... We were playing really good and we were also favorites in the final and we had the belief in ourselves and we were 
not sure, but we had the believe in ourselves and we thought we should win that game because we played well and uh, really put pressure on Canada. And yeah, we should have scored in uh, in 90 minutes. But now we went over to to overtime and in the end penalties. Uh, so yeah, it's still when I'm talking talk about it, I get a lot of feelings and it makes me sad sometimes. But it's something you have to overcome and it's the part of the game. And it's quite it's quite a harsh ending, right? When you you absolutely don't get outplayed and then you lose in penalties. That must be something that hits extra hard. Yeah, for sure, because penalties is something it's like it's like a lottery. You you don't know what's going to happen and it's not really fair, but you have to end a football game, so of course you have to do it. So, but it would be more nice if uh, the game was ended after 90 minutes or after extra time. Speaking about the national team, before we go into your club career, the Euros is coming up. What's your instant feeling on that? I mean, do you think you're favorites to win a gold medal this year? Um, yeah, I hope so. Like we've been doing many good tournaments now the last years, and I think we are uh, improving as a team. And But still, like out in Europe, you see that it's so many good teams out there. So uh, we have to be on a really high level for reaching a final or even win the gold medal. So uh, it's not that easy. And I would say like Euros is almost tougher than the Olympics. Uh, so we have to be prepared and we have to be lucky as well for reaching a final. Um, so I'm really excited and I can't wait to play uh, Euros this summer. And let's say Sweden makes it out of the group stage. You could potentially face Spain. You play with a lot of players. What would you say about potentially facing them in in the Euros? Because I feel like they could probably be your biggest threat. Yeah, that's true. They play a bit differently from other teams that we've faced before. So we we have to have a good tactical plan. And uh, I do not want to say too much. And uh, <laughs> But... Um, they are hard, you know, they are really technical and they, they have a great team. They know each other really well because it's almost the whole team here in Barcelona that are playing for the national team. So they know each other really well. So we need to be prepared and have a good game plan. So um, we'll see how the strategy would be if we uh, face them. But the goal is to beat them, right? Yeah, for sure. Have to go for the win. <laughs> Your career in uh, club-wise kind of took off and I would say... In Sweden and Linköping, you were part of some some amazing golden era where where Linköping took back to back Swedish gold. How is it to be a part of such a great team to kind of help you get to where you are today? Yeah, for sure. You know, I had a great time in Linköping, and I had a few years where we uh, we played together with the same team, and we did developed as a team. And it was uh, the last year, like. When there was a few players who left, uh, I did I did it as well. But I think if we would have played one more year together, I think we could go really far in Champions League and also maybe win another championship. So it would have been cool to see how far we could go with that team because it was an amazing team. Um, but I'm happy that I went abroad because that was something I dreamed about. And uh, I'm really happy that I got an opportunity to go to Bayern Munich. Yeah, you went to Bayern Munich first and then Wolfsburg. How was it to leave Bayern for perhaps their biggest competition, Wolfsburg? Yeah, there was a lot of discussions about it because it's like the biggest rival. Uh, so emotionally, it was it was tough to, to leave Bayern because I really, 
really enjoyed it there and had a good time. But I felt like there was something missing. And, uh, you know, Wolfsburg, they won every year and I was tired of being on the second spot every year. And it felt like Wolfsburg had the winning mentality and I really wanted to, to be a part of that team. So I decided to leave and um, uh, we had a great time there. And um, yeah, I'm happy that I decided to go, even though it was an emotionally tough decision. Coming into Wolfsburg from Bayern, did you find your place with the new team immediately or was it kind of hard knowing that you came from a rival? No, it was pretty easy. They were uh, really helpful and helped me into the team. And um, I had like my position, it was the same like in Bayern and the way of playing was pretty much the same. So it was easy to adapt to the new team. Um, so it was not that hard. So a couple of years in Germany prepared you for joining Barcelona. How's, how's uh, the first period of time been for you? Um, it's been great. I feel like I'm learning something every day in practice and game days as well. So it's I'm developing a lot as a football player at the moment. Um, it's different from where I've been before. Um, it's like a higher level technically and also tactically. So for me, it's... Uh, really interesting and I'm learning a lot every day. Is it a big step up for you, like from Wolfsburg to Barcelona or is it kind of just like small differences that you see every day? Um, it's really different. I have to say that because the way we practice and the way we play, it's uh, big differences. So for me, it's in the beginning, it was hard to get into everything here because uh, I did movements that was completely different from how they do it here. So I learned a lot and um, it feels like I've been uh, like adapting to this way of playing pretty fast. And uh, yeah, I've been trying different positions and it's also one thing that is, is hard to, to go from one position to the next one and know what to do. So, but it's, it feels like I'm learning something in every position and I can bring it to when I'm playing a defender I can use it as a offensive player later on. So I know how it's hard to play against the um, offensive players now, for example. And knowing uh, what Barcelona can do, I mean, you, they won Champions League last year. You guys are playing, um, you're playing Camp Nou at the end of this month, in, at the end of March. It's sold out. It's going to be crazy. Could you ever imagine that when you played in Linköping or in Sweden that you were going to play on one of the most famous arenas in the world and have it sold out? Uh, that's the easy answer. I was not. I didn't thought that I should play on a sold out stadium at Camp Nou. You know, it was Barcelona was always a team I I looked up to and the men's team. And then the, when the women's team came, I was also like, okay, I really like their way of playing and. Now, when you see that it's a sold-out stadium after three days, it's unbelievable. And uh, it's, it's, that's why I'm practicing every day for playing those games. So it's a big dream come true. And it's not also any game. It's an El Clasico game, which is uh, also the biggest rivalry in Spain. Uh, how do you, what's, your, what's your expectations on in the arena? Like, how do, you, do you feel like it's going to be a lot of noise and a big pump in there? Or... What's like? What's your expectations? That's hard to answer on the forehand. Like, I hope that there will be like the atmosphere will, will be really good. You know, they are 
people in the stands screaming and uh, wearing like jerseys and these kind of things. I really hope that it will be like a good atmosphere. So that's my expectation. <laughs> like, but we will see. I'm, uh, it's, it's hard to know before, but I'm excited about the game. Speaking of Champions League, how do you feel about your chances as a team to get back-to-back Champions League title? I hope our chances are good. We like the team is almost the same like last year, and uh, we are on a high level at the moment. We've been winning uh, all the games, and I think there's a big chance to to reach the final and win the final. So that's our goal, and we will see. We we have many. Uh, tough games in front of us so we will see we have Real Madrid uh, many times before the uh, the Champions League and after Champions League we played them as well in in league and cup so it will be tough to to face them yeah I feel like it's it's going to be an exciting game but well nobody's come close to beating you guys for the past year so that favorite ship should be there right yeah I guess I mean when I came here, it was the best team I ever played with, and it's another level. Like so, yeah. Of course, the it's we should be favorites, but it's still so many good teams out there that we haven't played against. So we will see. It's it's hard to say. So it's Friday while we're recording this, and this episode comes out on the Tuesday. And tomorrow, you guys can win without even playing a game but you should be able to celebrate it when you play on Sunday, right? Yeah, that's correct. So how do you feel about that? Your first uh, your first year in Barcelona and a title already? Yeah, I know. Like, it's it's weird, you know, it's so early. Uh, it felt like we started playing this season, like this year. Uh, so it's it's hard to believe that we can win it already on Sunday, but it would be really cool, you know, we can... Uh, we can focus on the other champions championships as well so it's it's it would be really good for us but it will be tough we play Real Madrid and it's not an easy opponent this weekend so we will see but hopefully we get to celebrate after the game it's going to be exciting to see and if it's already decided once this episode comes out but what I also want to talk to you about is that it's Women's History Month, and it was International Women's Day just last week. So from football to another thing, what does, what does as a woman, what does that mean to you? It means a lot, you know, for, um, for highlighting a day like that. We know that in the past it was so, so much different, and we're working every day for getting to a new stage and getting more, like highlighting women's, showing that women are important in this society and me as a footballer, you know, it's we have we can really improve the women's game a lot. So it's important to speak up about it and highlight it because we can do a lot for reaching new levels. What is it that makes you want to do so much work during these kind of like national holidays that maybe you haven't spoken up about before? No, I think it's like you're realizing that it's a lot you can do because I am a person who is on a on a high level in my football career and it's something that I really want to talk about because it's also about the future uh, girls maybe they can that when they get to this level I want them to have all the opportunities that I didn't have or maybe the girls who was before me didn't have so I really hope that the the women's game are improving for for many reasons, but especially for the young girls. So they will have good opportunities when they get older. You touch on wanting to be that person for other people and for young kids. Now, 
Who was that person for you growing up? I had like many role models. Um, like in the Swedish national team was really good at that time. And I was looking up to uh, players like uh, Victoria Svensson, Hanna Jungberg, Lotta Schelin and Caroline Seger. So them, they, it was really interesting to watch them. And uh, then I also had like Marta because she was something different. And she came to Sweden really young and uh, she was... I really enjoyed watching her because she was completely different to the Swedish players. And it is a special day, the Women's International Day. That's uh, the 8th of March. And But the work for us women continues 365 days a year. It's a, it's a, it's a constant battle with, with how the structures in society are built, are built up. And there are things like the equal pay, for example, that as a, myself, I would say shouldn't be too hard to achieve. I mean, it should be an instant thing for women, uh, but it is a constant battle that we are put up against. But how important is it for you for like those little wins? You know, like when the Swedish Federation signed the, the equality in the payment for men and women. Yeah, it's of course really important. Like it's something we are working for every day for getting equal pay for, for the job you're doing. So it's so important to highlight. And, uh, you can see now with the U S national team, what they did, they were, they were working so hard for it during many years. So, you know, working for something is in the end good because it's, uh, it's making it possible to, to make a change. So it's really important to speak up about it and, uh, and talk about it because it's really important. If we can be more, um, well, pinpoint something, what, what kind of work is important for you during women, international women's day to do? It's so many things that you can highlight. I think it's starting already when you're younger, you know, that girls should get the same opportunities to develop as footballers. And I think there we can start with like coaching. I know that if you compare with boys team, they get much often better coaches, you know, these kind of things. And if we talk about broadcasting, you see the differences now, like that we do not have the same uh, quality on the broadcasts. They are like only one camera. And then you see other games, men's game, they are like having thousands of them and you can see from different angles. So there's a lot we can do to, to develop the game. And you speak about coaches and it really does lead me to one thing that I didn't think about before you said the word coaches. And it's the fact that the Swedish Federation has gone out with a thing that says that in every national team, there has to be one female coach. But that only applies to the women's team. Mm -hmm. That's weird. Right? That's a weird thing. What do you think about that? Yeah, of course, it should be on um, both women's and men's team. You know, it's we have to empower women and um, show that they are as good as men. You know, you have to see same same possibilities as a, for a man and a woman. So, of course, it should be for men as well. Yeah, I feel like... There's a there's an argument that works. What says that women can't do the same job while working for a men's team, right? That she would be able to do with the women's team, considering you're putting in the same amount of work. You agree with that? Yeah, of course. There's there's a lot we can uh, develop in this theme because we do ha we do not have that many women coaches in uh, in men's football and. Uh, I think it's something we can really develop and uh, work hard for because 
I don't think that the women coaches are worse than the men ones. I think it's just that they are getting uh, opportunity easierly. So this is really something we need to highlight and uh, work hard for. As a woman, for you, what does it mean to be a part of seeing the progression from when you first started to how it is now? Yeah, it's like, I don't know how the women that was professional, how they had it when I was young. So it's it's hard to, to compare how it, but I've been... I have asked the older girls and they told me how it was, you know, they didn't get paid and they were working full time. And, you know, hearing these things, it's has happened a lot. You know, you've been uh, the women's game have, have been growing and but it's still going slow. We have to make it go faster. But I think it's also something that we have to. Uh, highlight with UEFA and FIFA that they have to do a lot for for helping women, the women's game. So there we do have a problem and we have to to highlight it because it's I think we can reach another level if we get uh, financial help. Or would you say they're getting better with it? Um, yes, yeah, slowly, but I think we need a, a quicker, a quick fix. That's how we have to do it. And also another question on that theme is should it have happened sooner the progression yeah in like in my point of view i think a lot could have happened faster you know we we still do like in in our like national team we do still had for a few years ago people that was working or studying full time for um for getting full paid say it like that so and we are not that many years behind. So this is really something we have to improve and that everyone are full paid and can focus 100% on football because you are on that level that you have to focus 100% on it. I imagine it could be hard to be playing, for example, at Barcelona full time. And then let's say 10 years ago, play at Barcelona, who's the best club in the world full time and then work on the side or study. I feel like maybe you put... I mean, it's a full-time job being a professional athlete. Yeah. And that leads me to the last question of this segment. With the knowledge you have today from your experiences growing up and that you've gained, what advice would you give to your younger self? Yeah, I think the the first thing that comes to my mind is that I, I would have dreamed bigger. You know, if I would know that it would be possible to play in Barcelona, I would have bigger dreams. You know, my dreams came when I was maybe 13, 14, and it's pretty late, I would say. Uh, so I think that would be the the biggest advice I would have to myself. But yeah, you know, I really enjoyed playing football, but it was not that serious in the beginning. But I think that's also a reason why I fell in love with the game, because I just enjoyed it so much and I didn't put that much pressure on myself. I think that came later. Um, so yeah, you can have different ways, you know, uh, but it would be cool to see in, in the future, like yeah, that girls are like, can be in academies, you know, getting drilled by good coaches that can, I just hear about the girls here in Barcelona, like how their education was like how much technical things they were working on. And some of these things I learned when I was 22 and they learned it when they were six, seven years old, you know, it's, it's such a big difference. Mia taking over and starting with the analysis and football section where you guys will be talking football. I'm I'm going to kick this off with my favorite questions, a question that I usually ask every player on because you guys always tell it differently even though you play the same position sometimes. So, uh with your own words, 
Describe your role and position out on the pitch from how you look at yourself as a player. Yeah, that's a good question. I think I'm someone who likes to to threaten, like the the defense. Uh, I like to make crosses. I like to go one against one. And uh, I am someone who always want to win. So I like to push my teammates and help them and uh, um, talk to them. So I think that's the kind of player I am. I mean, speaking about position-wise, how how would you describe yourself as a player if you just talk about it uh, from a position point of view? Um, yeah, that's the thing. You know, I've been on different positions the last uh, months. So, like, I prefer playing on the on the left wing because that's the position I feel most comfortable in. But I've been um, left back here in. Uh, in Barcelona and it has been a big challenge but I, I have to say that I really like it and we do also play like really offensively football so I would say that I'm sometimes more as a striker than a, a left back so um, yeah I'm, I like both positions and they are pretty similar here in this team. I mean we often talk about players have to be uh, flexible having to adapt to different different more different roles than positions because you're in it in on it yourself like it doesn't matter if you're playing the position is a left back you can still have an offensive role uh, and people i mean we we got a lot of questions from the listeners about this as well because i feel like sometimes when fans and and people watch football they they get stuck on the position and not looking at the role do you have to be more flexible nowadays than you had to be when you started to play? I think it depends in what team you play. Like um, if I talk about myself and where I am here in Barcelona, I think I have to be much more flexible because you have a position, but like the role is the most important thing. You have to uh, to be flexible and uh, you're not like, for me as a winger, I, I'm not always on the wing. Like sometimes I go inside, sometimes I, I'm threading deep and you know, these different kind of movements. So. Absolutely, in this team, I have to be more flexible, and it's the same with the other players in the team. Uh, but I think it depends. Like I could see, like in Wolfsburg, for example, when I played there, it was not that much uh, different movements. You know, I was pretty much on the wing, and I I did my thing. You know, so uh, I think it depends which team you play for. Life is full of awesome what ifs, and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Abil- abilities you already had, and things you learned from playing in the Damalsvenskan, and then you moved to Germany and then to Spain. Is there is there abilities you you used a lot in Sweden that you still can use, like several years later, or have has it all changed? Yeah, of course, I learned a lot in Sweden that I could take me here to Spain. Like I can use it already now, and but I have to say, like the the best thing I've learned in Sweden was like the defense work. You know how you work together with your team, how you're moving, how you cover up for each other. You know these kind of things because that's something you focus a lot on. It was also the national team, but the in the club team I was playing in as well in Lin shopping. It was a lot about that, uh, but it could sometimes be a bad thing as well because 
when I moved to to Germany was so much more man to man and uh, uh, that was something that developed me a lot because I was responsible of one player if I didn't uh, win against this player maybe she scored a goal so there was no one who was covering up for you so that was a big challenge in the beginning but it was really really interesting and I learned a lot so um, I think uh, it depends on which, which team you are but I could bring everything from Sweden with me uh, but I, I would say that it's more useful when I'm with the national team than when I'm with Sp- like the Spanish team here because they know exactly the same thing <laughs> Yeah, I totally get that. But I mean, people always want to know about the differences. So like from the Swedish league to German, you you have already touched it a little bit, like with the defense work. But but now in Spain, what's the biggest difference? Yeah, I have to say like the technically part, like they are so incredible technically. So it's that's the biggest difference. Uh, you see how they move like... And also tactically, they, they know before they get the ball where they should move it. And they have already looked up and see where the players are, like the opponents and also the uh, the rest of the players in the team. So uh, I think this is this surprised me a lot, like the technically part, how good they are. Like uh, technically, I knew already before, but the technically part, it was really on a high level. So that's interesting. I mean, this move, this movement, it's like we, we call it tiki-taka here. Uh, then people will know what we'll what we are talking about. But how much from what you learned now since you joined Barcelona? So how much of these movement movements are instincts compared to tactics? Um, I think it's more of an instinct, you know, because players they've learned like not only one way to do it, like they've learned so many ways ways to do it. So it feels like it's more about like the, um, do you say like relationship on the field, you know, the connection and everything with the rest of the players. I have to say like, especially like central midfielders because it's so crowded in the middle, it's tight spaces and they know how to get out of from this tight spaces. And I think it's there. It's more about uh, instinct. Yeah. I mean, that's, it's, it's very fascinating to watch. Like, like really, there's a lot of clips of, of you guys going around Twitter, you know, like playing this and then you, you really see these triangles when you watch really close. So, so it's, yeah. But how has the system affected you uh, and helped, uh, helped you develop as a player in Barcelona, given it's very fluid in terms of movement and positioning? And then due to the fact that this has been mentioned and noticed, would you describe playing at a position like left back, almost playing as a left winger? Um, I think, first of all, with the system, I think it's uh, not that big difference. It's just more like the the movements and we're not stick to one uh, one system, I have to say. So it's a lot about being like, take your own decisions and uh, be smart. And we have like tactically like different movements that we have in our game. So everyone knows what to do. So I think it's a good mix of it. And then also with the, uh, with the position, uh, I think the hardest position to, if you're a new player here in Barcelona, I think to be a central midfielder is the hardest part because there is, it's so much more rules and how, how you should move and where. And so I think for, for me to come in to this team and to be on, on a wing, even though it's a defender or, as a striker, it's easier for me to adapt because there I'm 
maybe not more free, but I can, I do almost the same as I did before, you know, I'm using my, um, my one against one and uh, doing crosses and go in and shooting, you know, these kind of things that I'm used to doing. But I think in, in central positions, it's more complicated. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I could really understand that, but for, for it, it's more f- like the fights is taking on the central midfields. Um, but I mean, speaking of this, playing different position, like if you're going in to play a game as a left back and then the next week or like only a couple of days later, you are going to play on the left wing. Um, how do you as a player prepare for that? Like tactically and, and with the information, because it's a lot of information I, I believe you will be giving before the game. So how, how do you prepare? Yeah, I actually prepare a bit different when I'm a defender versus when I'm a midfielder, because as a defender, I'm not, you know, I can be, I'm someone who's never nervous, but when I play a defender, I can be nervous because I know at, okay, this, if I lose this uh, one against one, then there's no one behind me. So I have to prepare myself a little bit more, I have to say. And uh, uh, so I'm often looking at the, especially the the right winger in the opponent team and see what she's doing, like the typical movements and what she likes to do. So that's what I'm often doing when I'm playing on the on the left back. Uh, but if I'm a winger or a striker, um, I would like to go more on instinct and uh, take my own decisions and I think that's a typical offensive player you know you're you want to be feel free and do what you like just read the game and see the opportunities you you get when you play and uh, but I think I'm more tactical than other offensive players like I really like to watch games watch clips and uh, see what I can do to to improve the game and how I can help my teammates and when you set goals for yourself individually ahead of a season take us through a process like that. Yeah, I do have, I think most of them are about winning things because that's what I love to do. So, you know, this year I've been putting up goals like winning the league, winning the Champions League and uh, uh, Euros with the national team. So it's very big goals, but it's goals that I think it's possible to reach. Uh, So, yeah, you know, it's my goals. And of course I want to, Uh, develop as a player and when I got to Barcelona my goal was to play as much as possible and uh, um, yeah helping the the team in the way I play because I would say that it's a little bit different from the from the Spanish players so I was hoping that I could make an impact and uh, do something good for the team. Yeah and this question usually is very popular among viewers and and fans so let's talk uh, statistics. Do you care about numbers? And do you use them uh, to improve? Uh, numbers in which case? Like XGs, uh, you know, assists or forward passes and, and stuff like that. It's more like for the confidence, you know, when you're making points, you know, uh, assists or goals, then I think it's more for my confidence. It helps me to, because often when I score or make an assist, I play better afterwards. It's actually really interesting. Uh, but... To be honest, it's not that I'm like, okay, I have this year, I want to be the top goal scorer. I'm not putting up goals like this because I'm uh, I'm playing in a team sport. And for me, the most important is that the team uh, will win. But if I can help the team and by doing these things, I am really happy. 
you've been playing in the Swedish national team since 2014. Uh, the, in the Olympics 2016 and 21, uh, you've played the Euros 2017 and in the World Cup 2019. How does your experience of international football and these big tournaments, uh, where you actually meet absolute best nations worldwide and players, transfer into your club career and vice versa? Because sometimes head coaches like Petty Arason, he often, he often talks about the fact that when you guys come to an international break, he can't teach you anything because everything you, you're teached that is what's happening in your club environment. Do you agree with that? Yeah, of course, he can teach us things, you know, and he does it like every camp. And there's other details we're talking about in the national team that we don't talk about in Barcelona. And I can take it with me to Barcelona. But still, it's sometimes hard because they want something else, you know. Uh, but sometimes it's small de- details that I can use for sure. Um, but... Back to your question, it's like, uh, <laughs> um, yeah, I would say, especially now with Barcelona, because I think it's so different from where I've been before. So I've learned a lot and I think I can use many things like individual f- things, especially because the playing style is completely different and we are more straight with the national team. And in Barcelona, we want to keep the ball and play it back pretty often. So uh, my mindset has to be, I have to be really focused when I get back to to my, uh, to the environment in Barcelona or if I go back to to the Swedish national team, I have to adapt because it's so different. So for my mind, it's, I have to be so focused. Um, but yeah, I think I can, especially with, like you talked about the experience, that's something that I can take with me because I know I've been in these situations when it's like all or nothing. Uh, so, for example, when it's uh, we're playing like a cup final here in Barcelona and I know it's the last minutes, I know uh, that I've been in this situation when you have to win and you have to defend what is the most important part, like keep the keep the ball in the last minutes or whatever, these kind of situations that I uh, can take with me and I've experienced before. Yeah, I think that was a good ending to this, to this section. Let's jump into the fun section where the listeners have uh, send in, sent in a lot of questions, I can say. I, I can start with this one because this sort of is going to touch uh, on what we talked about just recently. But this this one is from a Twitter at, at JVAL81. How has your role and positional demands changed uh, from your previous clubs more so can you describe your evolution as a player and what are you trying to add to your game yeah in my like in my position it's uh, as I talked about a little bit before it was like I think I've developed like the defensive part like I know how to defend against a, a player now in a better way and I know how to to help my players around me um, I think these are things that I've learned every day and um, also like how I read the game from behind a little bit more you know these things are really helpful for me in my game like and also movements what is easy to how is it easy to reach like a midfielder or a striker when I'm a defender and so it's something I really can use in many ways um, what was the last question it was two or three in it yeah, because he he also wants to know what are you trying to add to your game? 
Yeah, of course. Like the, they are on a really high level, like technically is here. And for me, it was um, like a challenge in the beginning to get into it because the rhythm and everything was, the tempo was much higher. Uh, so I do want to be better in my decision making um, and also like uh, making uh, making fast decisions and moving fast and uh, also learn how I should, when I should play on with one touch, two touch, these kind of things is something that I want to add to my game. Magda, the winner, says, uh, what do you believe is the greatest challenge most female athletes are facing today? Oh, wow. There's many of them. Uh, but I think, uh, like, I think respect is, uh, is one thing. Like, that we get respected for being footballers, that uh, they believe, like, that we can be on that high level. Uh, like, people out there, uh, I think it's many that are talking about women's football, but they never watched it. Um, so I think this is something before, if you talk about women's football, like how much do you know about it? And, um, also like, um, yeah, I think there's always like, a, I don't know if you say it, like, I would not say fight, but it's, you always have to stand up for, um, for getting more, you know, getting, as I talked about before, like better coaches, better broadcasts and all these kind of things. It's something we always have to work for. And also equality, these questions are, are really important, but we have to, to talk about them to, to get there. Yeah, and this next one, it's also a long one uh, from at Sudo Football. You have been fantastic playing in multiple positions for Sweden and Barcelona this season. You have been scoring goals and creating chances at the rate, one of the best forwards in the world, uh, and been colossal when called to defend uh, as a fullback. What advice would you give young players who aspire to play like you? Yeah, thank you, first of all. And um, yeah, I think, I think you have, of course, you have to work hard to get to this level. Um, and I think especially if you're a player like me, you have to be, your physicality has to be really, really high. Um, I'm running a lot, like I'm sprinting a lot. And uh, I think that's like the foundation in my way of playing. And then, of course, adding like technical skills, like I have a functional technique that I can use. And I uh, also need, I'm working on getting these fast decisions and also, like, I've been doing a lot with the ball when I was younger, you know, doing technical parts, like tr working on my first touch, shooting, crossing. So I think these things you can really improving by doing it by yourself. You can just, if you have a wall, you can do a lot. So practice a lot, enjoy it and uh, have fun out there. Then a lot, you can reach a lot. Anupadu13 wants to know, you played for four big clubs in three different leagues now. What are the most valuable things you've taken away from your time at each of these clubs? Yeah, I think um, I touched it a little bit when I talked about Sweden, you know, the defensively part, like I've learned a lot there, how you should cooperate with your teammates and how you help each other out there. Uh, and then I think in Germany, I've learned like, uh, man to man, how, to, how I should deal with that uh, a different way. And also like uh, the physical part, you were, we were working really hard. We were doing a lot without the ball. And then I was getting a, uh, a body that was ready to play games. So 
I think this was also like not the winning mentality to not give up working really, really hard. That's what I learned in Germany. And then in Spain, it's more uh, on a detail level, like the technical and technically like this parts. Uh, so I think this is the things I take with me from the different countries. At Tia Nonsense 1, I'm interested in her Sweden jersey number, the number 18. Any story behind that? Um, there's actually no story behind it. I, <laughs> a bit boring, but <laughs> it isn't. Actually, you know, when I came up, uh, when I uh, got my first call up in the national team, it was the number that was available, you know? You just... You just get it. So, of course, I, I wanted another number. I was having uh, 14 in my clubs that I played in before, and that was my dream number. Uh, but, you know, when you got a number, now I had 18 for a long time in the national team, and, you know, you get used to it, and your family is having them number 18 on their backs, and, you know, you then I didn't, do not want to change because this is the number I've been having for many years. And, uh Yeah, it was a bit weird when I got to Barcelona because then now I have 16 and I'm not feeling really comfortable because I've never had it. And it's something in between 14 and 18. So, yeah, I'm not I'm not caring that much, to be honest, about numbers like uh, but it's it's a bit weird to have this number. It's uh, Frida Rolfas on Twitter wants to know it's uh, Women's Month. So I was wondering, what does International Women's Day mean to you and the month? Yeah, of course, it's a really important day. You know, we're highlighting uh, the the Women's Day and we can do a lot. And also other people can see what we can we can reach. And um, yeah, I think it's good to highlight it. But it's as we talked about before, like it's something we can do every day, the whole year. Uh, so it's not about only one day. It's something we have to talk about uh, during the whole year. Uh, so there's a lot of questions, but I think we talked about some of them. This is also a long question. Uh, at Yuna Tina Idu uh, underscore 97 on Twitter. Ingrid Engen has mentioned this in one of her interviews previously. Uh, can you ask, um, can you ask Fridolina about the different difference she feels in terms of physicality after moving to Barcelona, considering they are playing multiple games week in and week out with such a tight schedule? And does she, Uh, do you think this is also in a way preparing you for the Euros and other international tournaments where you have games in short intervals, like once every four days at the Euros this summer in the group stages? Yeah, that's a good question because that's true. We do have a lot of games here and we are 16 teams in the league, which is many teams and we do have many games. So you have to prepare differently and practice differently. But I I really like it so far. And uh, uh, I think the good thing with this is that we have a big squad, a really good squad as well. So we we can use a lot of players. Uh, so for my body has been been working really good this this year. And uh, I think it's also because we are rotating a lot and um, you're not playing every game here. Uh, so uh, but the way of practicing here is different. You know, we're uh, we're practicing many hours every day so and that i'm not really used to that in uh, germany and sweden it was different it's like one and a half hour sharp <laughs> but here it could be two two and a half hour every day uh, so it's longer practice but um yeah my body is working really good at the moment so i'm happy for that
And we move on to the Instagram questions. This is from underscore Faz Muhammad underscore. Who was your idol growing up? Yeah, I had a few, a few players, and uh, but I think the first role model I had was my sister uh, because she was the one who who played football and that I looked up to, and I really wanted to play uh, as well. So I think that was the biggest reason why I started playing and. Uh, then she quit it and then I found other role models. So um, as I said earlier, like about the, the Swedish national team players and uh, Marta as well, that was different. Uh, so I had many of them. At Eriksson underscore harder. Name one thing uh, you could change in the women's game immediately if you could. Oh, wow. I want to say the right, right answer because I have a few different ones. Um Maybe that the that it was more visible, you know, you could see the women's game. It was more like you could read more about it. You could see see it everywhere and that it more visible. I think that's what I would have liked to to have. Yeah. And Amanda Feltenborg on Instagram wants to know, do you have a favorite goal among the ones that you have scored? Yes, I think so it's actually not maybe the the like nicest goal i've scored but it's uh, emotionally it's the the nicest goal so it was against um, uh, australia in the semi-finals uh, i have to say that that goal is really really nice uh, it was with my right foot it's like a weird one but uh, yeah it was a, a important goal so they are the best time <laughs> I am that dot K. How does being an athlete inspire you to do good? Yeah, it inspires me a lot. You know, I see other people around me, other athletes that are doing great things that I, um, I'm looking up to them for doing these kind of things. So I hope that I can inspire people out there to, that it's possible to, to reach this level or to, to talk about important topics. So, um, I hope that I can inspire because I've been inspired by many people out there. Agnes Axelsson underscore says, you are my favorite football player, but do you have or have you had any favorite football player? First of all, thank you. And uh, yes, I've been having uh, favorite football players. I think when I was really young, I looked up to many players in uh, in uh, Barcelona, like uh, Ronaldinho and then later Messi. But Um, then I think my mom was uh, introducing me to the women's game and uh, she took me to um, Valhalla, which is Göteborg. Um, it's now today Hecken Beko, like the club. Um, and uh, we were watching the game, the first game at Valhalla. And uh, then I really liked to watch Lotta Schelin and uh, she became a a role model for me and later I got to play with her so that was really a moment that I will never forget and that's the end of the questions from listeners we have our last section which is a this or that where we are going to ask you or I'm going to ask you five this or that questions and you need to answer them rapid fire so just just go off of instinct right here Is what we do. Um, so I'll just start with tackling some to win the ball or doing a perfect interception. Perfect interception. Dribbling on your own or progressing forward with perfect one-touch passes together with a teammate. 
I'm playing in Barca, so together with my teammates. Coming on from the bench to make an impact to get the win or start and play a 90 full minutes where you either lose or draw. Uh, first option, for sure. The win. When the scoring, a rocket from the outside from outside the box or finishing off with an easy tap in after playing yourself perfectly inside the the box together with your team. Mm, a rocket. A rocket. Assist or score one yourself. Mm, yeah, scoring myself. Great. That wraps up this episode. Fridolin Adolfo, thank you for being a part of their pitch and hope you enjoyed being on. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.